and welcome to the episode 25 of the Dayson Digest. My name is Liz Kyle, and I am currently the PDY2 resident in infectious diseases at Duke University Hospital. Today, I'll be presenting on a study that was published in early October titled Administration of a Beta-Lactam Prior to Vancomycin as the First Dose of Antibiotic Therapy Improved Survival in Patients with Bloodstream Infections by Amoa and colleagues. So this study initially caught my eye because I think it's a very interesting question, right? We see this all the time in clinical practice. If a patient only has one line, which antibiotic should we give first? I think if you ask most infectious diseases pharmacists, the answer would be a beta-lactam. Would you say this is true for you, Travis? Absolutely. I think particularly in the setting of sepsis or a severe disease, mm -hmm. you give the broadest spectrum antimicrobial first. And we know that almost every beta-lactam I can think of, with the exception perhaps of a monobactam astrinam, has both gram-positive and gram-negative coverage. And so you would obviously want to start that before starting a MRSA-specific drug like vancomycin. Right, definitely. Um, I think that's interesting because I think this isn't always clear to others involved in patient care. So I actually interviewed several pharmacists and nurses at Duke University Hospital, and I thought it was really interesting because 100% of the pharmacists said that they would prefer to give the beta-lactam first, but only 40% of our nursing colleagues said that they would give the beta-lactam first. So I found this difference pretty shocking, and it's important because our nurses will be the ultimate users administering the medications and choosing this order. I don't know if you have any experience from your days on sites, Travis. I think that as pharmacists, we do want the beta-lactam to go first, particularly in the setting of sepsis, as I mentioned before, in the emergency room, because prior to some recent updates, uh, you know, they would, they would make sure that a broad-spectrum agent was given within a certain window of time following sepsis. And if you were to kind of tie up an IV line giving vancomycin, it alone would not meet that criteria for the sepsis measure. So in Dason sites that I've worked with building sepsis order sets, we often try to make it clear um, through administration instructions to nursing staff when the labels are printed to give the broader spectrum agent like the beta-lactam first. Right. That makes sense. That's really interesting. So uh, now we'll move on to the article. To start off with a little bit of background, we know that prompt initiation of antibiotic therapy improves patient survival in those who have gram-negative bloodstream infections. Empiric treatment regimens for sepsis frequently include coverage for MRSA. However, generally beta-lactams provide really good coverage against gram-negative infections and also provide sufficient coverage for clinically relevant gram-positive organisms. So things like Streptococcus pyogenes and MSSA. It's important to point out that even in regions with high rates of MRSA infections, it's likely that beta-lactam antibiotics will adequately cover the majority of BSIs caused by pathogenic organisms. We know from our work with Dayson hospitals that vancomycin is frequently used as part of empiric regimens for sepsis, even though we know that it's not often always needed. Previous studies and the surviving sepsis campaign have made recommendations regarding timing of antibiotics, but they haven't discussed the sequence of administration. I think it's also important to highlight that early mortality is associated with gram-negative bloodstream infections due to endotoxin-induced inflammatory responses and the association between certain host conditions, such as being immunocompromised and getting gram-negative bloodstream infections. 
Another benefit of beta-lactam antibiotics is that they can be infused rapidly, so over 15 to 30 minutes, whereas vancomycin, on the other hand, is infused generally over 60 minutes or longer. So if the vancomycin is administered first, it could delay beta-lactam administration by several hours. So the purpose of this study was to try to tackle that question of order of administration, more specifically to determine whether administration of a broad spectrum beta-lactam before the infusion of vancomycin as the first dose of antibiotic therapy for sepsis is protective against mortality in the first seven days for hospitalized patients with bloodstream infections. This was a retrospective observational study in patients with bacterial bloodstream infections at any of the five hospitals in the Johns Hopkins Health System from July 2016 to June 2020. They included patients that were 13 years of age or older, unique patients with a bloodstream infection caused by a gram-negative or gram-positive organism, and polymicrobial bloodstream infections were also included in this and bloodstream infections, which were later found to not be susceptible to the empiric therapy. Patients were excluded if they did not complete administration of at least one dose of both the beta-lactam and vancomycin within the first six hours after the first positive culture was collected. Those who received a gram-negative agent and vancomycin with overlapping infusion times, those already receiving antibiotic therapy at the time blood cultures were collected, and those with non-bacterial organisms recovered in the blood cultures, and those with organisms likely to be contaminants, so things like coagulative staph, diphtheroids, and carinibacterium. The primary outcome was mortality within seven days from the time the blood culture was collected, and the secondary outcome was mortality within 48 hours from the time that the blood cultures were collected, and they defined day one of therapy as the day that the first positive blood culture was collected. For statistical analysis, the authors incorporated a propensity score to account for selection bias regarding the prescribed treatment sequence. So basically what this means is that since this is a retrospective study, they matched patients in each group based on specific criteria in the propensity score so that each group would be similar in terms of baseline characteristics. The variables that they chose to include in this score to match each group were age, gender, Charlson comorbidity index, immunocompromised, highest pit bacteremia score, highest lactate, highest white blood cell count, administration of an in vitro active empiric antibiotic therapy, use of combination therapy, and the time from ED arrival to the first dose. Baseline data was compared using a chi-square test for categorical variables or the Wilcoxon rank sum test for continuous variables. Odds ratios and 95% confidence intervals for the seven-day mortality were estimated using weighted regression. Oh, wow. So they really did a, a pretty good job of including the patients that we would need to see in order to truly determine whether or not there was a difference in the order of antimicrobial administration. It looks here, you know, all the patients had a bloodstream infection and they were 13 years of older, and it looks like their statistical methods were pretty solid. So that's very encouraging to see, and I'm excited to hear more about the results of the study. Yeah, definitely. So moving on to the results of the study, we will first discuss the baseline characteristics. So the average age in this study was 65 for the beta-lactam group and 64 for the vancomycin group. They found no difference between the propensity match groups and any of the covariates that they included. So around 41% of these patients were in the ICU and had a Charlson comorbidity index of two. Around 12% of these patients were immunocompromised. 
Patients receive antibiotics on average at around two hours after their presentation to the emergency department, and the majority of these patients receive antibiotic therapy active against the pathogen that caused their bloodstream infection. And this was around 73% in both groups. The majority of the initial blood cultures were drawn in the ED at 80%, and the most common first beta-lactams were zosin and cefepime at 47.9% and 42% respectively. The most common causative bacteria were Staphylococcus aureus at 22%, E. coli, which was 20.8%, Klebsiella pneumonia at 13.9%, and polymicrobial at 11%. So when thinking about how do I apply this to my patient population, we know that this is basically a cohort of sepsis patients, which mainly come in through the emergency department. These antibiotics are likely to be started in the ED, which is what we saw within this study. I think their population overall is pretty representative of all patients with sepsis. Only around 12% were immunocompromised. So this population was represented in the study, but it wasn't the main focus of the study at the same time. I also think the pathogens were most commonly what we see in practice as well. So Staph aureus, E. coli, and Klebsiella, I, see that I, I feel that I frequently see these the most often, and they're pretty representative overall of what we see in clinical practice. Also, since cefepime and zosin were the most common antibiotics, I also think this applies to a lot of hospitals in terms of what they choose for their empiric broad spectrum coverage. Do you have any additional thoughts, Travis? It would have been nice if they had a lot of patients getting ceftriaxone, but right. um, I, agree with, I do agree with you that cefepime and piperacillin tazobactam were probably the two antimicrobials, and rightfully so, that are most often used in an ED when you don't necessarily know whether or not the patient is at risk for some of the more resistant pathogens like uh, Pseudomonas aeruginosa. Right, exactly. So moving on to the results, the authors found a statistically significant decrease in mortality at seven days in patients who received a beta-lactam first versus vancomycin. This difference was a mortality of 6.9% in the beta-lactam group and 7.7% in the vancomycin group. And they had an adjusted odds ratio of 0.48. So what this tells us is that mortality is higher in the group that received vancomycin first. And this odds ratio 0.48 means there was a 52% reduction in mortality at seven days for those who received a beta-lactam agent first, which is a pretty significant decrease in mortality. Several of the cohort variants in the propensity score also displayed statistical significance. So those with higher pit bacteremia scores and higher lactate scores had higher odds of mortality at seven days with ratios of 1.26 and 1.28 respectively. And this makes sense because we know that higher pit bacteremia scores and higher lactate levels correlate with sicker patients, which could therefore lead to higher mortality. When breaking down the mortality by organism, there was an overall mortality of 7% in the gram-negative organisms and 6.5% at seven days in gram-positive organisms. The organisms with the highest mortality were Acinetobacter at 16.3% mortality, Pseudomonas aeruginosa at 12.1% mortality, and Streptococcus pyogenes at 12.1% mortality. So two of the organisms with the highest mortality are gram-negative organisms, which would both be covered by empiric beta-lactam agents. A beta-lactam agent would also cover the third organism with the highest mortality, which was Streptococcus pyogenes. 
They also looked specifically at the 524 patients with MRSA bacteremia. 72.5% of these patients received a beta-lactam first, and 27.5 of them received vancomycin first. The adjusted odds ratio in this group of death at seven days was 0.93, with a 95% confidence interval of 0.33 to 2.63. So this demonstrated that administering a beta-lactam first in patients with MRSA bacteremia isn't protective against mortality, but neither is administering vancomycin first. If we think about the confidence interval here, since it does cross one, this odds ratio isn't statistically significant. Therefore, this tells us that it doesn't matter which agent we administer first in the MRSA bloodstream infections, which supports the overall findings that beta-lactam therapy should be prioritized when there is a suspicion for a bloodstream infection. The authors concluded that in a cohort of 3,367 patients with bloodstream infections across five hospitals, the odds of seven-day mortality was reduced by 52% when the first dose of antibiotic is a beta-lactam as opposed to a vancomycin. They noted that Sentry data indicates that there are approximately 13,245 bloodstream infections per year. So if we apply these results broadly to all of those patients, the study tells us that there is a potential to save 737 lives per year at seven days by prioritizing the beta-lactam administration. Did you find these results surprising at all, Travis? I guess the part about how a beta-lactam given first, even in the setting of what later turns out to be a confirmed MRSA bloodstream infection, did not affect mortality and outcomes, I thought that was surprising, but um, it, 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 like you mentioned, it's actually very reassuring to know that what we're doing that makes sense in most patient um, populations also makes sense in those patients that will, you know, ultimately have positive blood cultures for MRSA. And I think when we think about globally, what does this mean? I think it means that throughout DASON, it's important for us to ensure that we're prioritizing beta-lactams first for patients that are admitted to the emergency room with a suspected bloodstream infection. Yeah, I agree. I found that surprising as well, but also really reassuring that if patients do have MRSA, that it, giving the beta-lactam is okay in that instance as well. Do you think there's a specific way or the best way to implement this at a system-wide level? Well, from a system-wide level, I think it's just important if you think of like a system, a healthcare system, you know, generally a top-down approach. So the example with Duke University Hospital, we would, you know, clearly work out a way within our septus order set to make the nurses aware to give the beta-lactam first and then pilot it and then roll that out through the smaller hospitals. But throughout DASI, I think that, um, you know, that does occur in the systems that we have, but also in individual hospitals, we can do the same thing um, by kind of taking the experiences from some of these larger systems and implementing those, those experiences or those order sets uh, for, for patients in the ED at, 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 even at smaller hospitals. Yeah, definitely. When I was kind of thinking about it, I feel like order sets are a good way to go in terms of figuring out which one to administer first. So I would agree with that completely. I think the thing to think about is to make doing the right thing very easy. If you, if you put a lot of hurdles in the form of order sets and you make them difficult to navigate, I think that you increase the chance of making an error. But if you make, it, if you make doing the right thing easy, then um, I think folks will, folks will abide by those rules. Well, thanks so much, uh, Liz, for doing this podcast. 
I think it's a fantastic podcast, a fantastic study. And it's something that can definitely impact patients in any hospital and, and definitely in our community hospitals within the DASON network. Yeah, I agree. It was great to be here. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. And for the rest of the folks that are listening in, I just wanted to make you aware that our next podcast episode will be out on Friday, November 12th. And again, we publish a new podcast episode every other week. And I believe this is the 25th podcast episode. So we have plenty of content. If you'd like to go view those others, uh, you'll be able to do so. And the link to the study will be on the same screen that you used to watch this episode. Thanks again, uh, Liz, for doing this podcast with us. Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks for everyone for listening in. And I hope you take care. Thank you.